Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Poems for People Who Hate Poetry. And today, we're going to give you reasons to hate poetry. No, I'm kidding. Today, we're going to cover a harder poem, though. Uh, just like we did yesterday, we are going to do The Flea by John Donne. One of the reasons these are more challenging poems is because they were done 500 years ago. So yes, there's a challenge. And you may be asking, well, why should I care about this 500-year-old poem? Who gives a crap about stuff like that? And I think you're right. Maybe you don't give a crap, so don't listen to this podcast. But I will say one of the things that this can do is refine the way that you experience and see the world. We use words to engage with the world. And one of the lackings that many of us have is a vocabulary, which is to see the world differently, you know, just to have a little bit more of an ability to interact with reality and the different, you know, things that we experience in the world. So in this case, we're going to see how this author, John Donne, who is called a, um, one of the first or early metaphysical poets, how this metaphysical poet, so, you know, this is um, basically they're, they have a tendency to be grandiose is one way of thinking about it in a simplistic way. But in this case, what he's going to be doing is I think a little bit fun if you understand what's happening. And I'll, you know, kind of help you with that. But what he's doing is he is using a flea that happens to land on his lover's arm who had also landed on his arm and using that as an argument for why she should have sex with him. So this is a kind of an erotic poem, but there's never a like a explicit eroticism or sexual organs discussed, but there's a lot of that going on and it gives you more of a depth and breadth in the use of language here with, you know, sex in this case. Now, here's what I want to say about this is a lot of people are saying, well, might think to themselves, well, I don't need anything like that. And that's maybe true when you're, you know, 15, 18, 20, 25, maybe even 30. I hope you are having better sex than just, you know, going at it for a couple of minutes or whatever and going to sleep. There's a lot that you can enjoy with sex and using words now, you know, we're not going to get into the details here, but this kind of thing in seduction can be helpful. So I'll, I'll just start real quick with a quick story of why this sh- should matter to you if you're in a relationship or if you're, you know, wanting to be in a relationship, why I think I, this can add some value to your life is uh, the term making love doesn't mean what you think it means. Now, what I mean by that is it used to be that making love was actually the creation of love. And so, you know, I the way I came to, it took me a long time to realize this. Nobody ever taught me this, but, you know, we think of making love as just fornication and sexual intercourse, and that's it. That's making love. It's like, what'd you do last night? I made love to the wife. Ooh, it's sex, right? That's all we think of. But <laughs> this happened to me. I was reading two different books and it, um, separ- separated by a couple of years that it really made me understand the difference between the way we use the term versus the way that people, you know, 100 years ago used to use the term or 200 years ago. In Les Miserables the, uh, by Victor Hugo, which was, you know, the big musical with Hugh Jackman and everything, they used um, several times the young girl Cosette, the daughter of Fontaine, the, the, the adopted daughter of Jean Valjean. She, you know, um, complains 
to Marius, her her lover, that he hasn't come by to make love to her in a while. And so, and I was like, oh, I guess they're French, right? It's like, she's young and you would not think that that would be a normal, you know, okay, that's, that's okay for them to do this. Um, you know, having sex must be okay because they're French. So I was thinking they were having sex. That's literally what I was thinking. Um, so that like, you know, changed my whole opinion of them, obviously, as characters, thinking that making love meant having sex, but it, I learned that it doesn't. And then I read uh, Gone with the Wind, which has taken place hundred like like 75 years or so, I think it was written, um, in, it was written in the early 1930s. But they use the term making love with uh, Scarlett O'Hara, who says, you know, oh, Rhett, you've never, you haven't made love to me in like months or something like that. And then I was like, no, this is the South. They're not talking about sex. These are the most prudish motherfuckers ever. They're not talking about sex. So something else is going on. That's when it dawned on me that when people talk about making love, what they actually mean is the process by which you get to the point of creating love. Like you're making a pie. You're making a, you know, a cake. You're making, you know, a, a table or whatever. Like there's a process that you need to go through. And that's kind of what has always meant by making love. It was only after the 1960s when you had the sexual revolution or whatever, you had the, or, you know, rebellion. And then you had the revolution in the eighties or whatever. That's when you get the idea of making love turning into sex, purely sex. And we lose everything else. So my point is that there's a whole process that can make the, uh, this is, you know, women, I think will respond to this more. There's a whole process of making love that's superior than just the physicality of it, which is of course the enjoyable end result. But you know, it's, it's like if you've ever cooked something and enjoyed the process of cooking, it's a very sensuous, enjoyable, pleasurable process. The same thing could be happened of making love. If you think about that over the course of, you know, hours, if you're trying to seduce a woman, your wife even over the course of time and poetry can really add a lot of fuel to that. It can add a lot of playfulness, funness. It's not, you know, like the old school cheesy pickup lines, you know, uh, <laughs> I lost my phone number. Can I have yours? Like, you know, stupid shit like that. Like if that does it for you after years of, you know, hanging, uh, dating someone, well, there's a reason why desire plummets. <laughs> and that's because people get bored by the same old stuff. So my argument is try a little bit of adding some poetry, adding some, you know, fun moments to your life and to your sex life and to your dating life. You know, even if you're not married, if you don't have a relationship, it still makes the whole process more fun. And this is an example of a very, very complicated argument that this guy, John Dunn, makes. Now, I'm going to read the poem. It's not going to make a lot of sense to you. Let me let me pop it up on the screen here. It's not going to make a lot of sense to you. But, but I want you to try to understand it. We'll go through it together in a minute. Uh, but if you, you know, just listen to the words, it won't make sense. I've read it several times. It still doesn't make 100% sense to me. But when a few of the things do make sense, it's a very enjoyable process. So you really need to commit to trying to understand things that you don't normally understand. Like it's going to feel chaotic and you're like, ah, I don't get this. Okay. Okay. That's the chaos. That's why I got this little symbol of the chaos and the order symbol. That's the chaos part of it. Now you got to move over to the order side of things. Okay. So I'm going to read the whole poem. It's not going to make a lot of sense to you, 
But then we're going to go and do a converse with verse, which is what I do in going through it and talking through the poem. Okay, so this is The Flea by John Donne. Mark but this flea, and mark in this, how little that which thou deniest me is. It sucked me first, and now sucks thee. And in this flea our two bloods mingled be. Thou knowest that this cannot be said a sin, nor shame, nor loss of maidenhead. Yet this enjoys before it woo, and pampered swells with one blood made of two. And this, alas, is more than we would do. Oh, stay three lives in one flea spare, where we almost nay more than married are. This flea is you and I, and this our marriage bed and temple and marriage temple is. Though parents grudge and you were met and cloistered in these living walls of jet, though use make you apt to kill me, let not to that self-murder added be and sacrilege three sins in killing three. Cruel and sudden, Hast thou since purpled thy nail in blood of innocence? Wherein could this flea guilty be, except in that drop which it sucked from thee? Yet thou, though triumphs and sayest that thou findst not thyself, nor me the weaker now, hmm, tis true, then learn how false fears be. Just so much honor when thou yields to me will waste as this fly flees death took life from thee. Okay. <laughs> so, I bet you that made like 1% sense to you. If it made more than 1% sense, great. Then you're smarter than I am because it probably is only at like 15% sense to me. And again, one of the things is that the language is very old. And so language changes over time and especially over the course of 500 years. This is written in 1610. Okay, but let's go through this a little bit and try and see what we're going on. So unlike some of the metaphysical poets and or poems, this one actually kind of has a scene going on, but it's really focused on the flea and blowing it out into this big old metaphor. Like what the hell's going on with this flea? So mark, but this flea. So that's a way of saying, you know, check out this flea. Okay. So there's a flea. He's like, hey, mark this flea. Mark but this flea and mark in this. And he's basically pointing out, so it's it's this guy and his lover or wannabe lover. We don't know even in reading the whole poem what's exactly going on with them. You know, maybe they're about to be married, but maybe the parents don't want to because the later says there's a grudge, you know, whatever. But mark but this flea and mark in this how little that which thou deniest me is. So like a lot of sonnets and poems of this era, he is making an argument. So he has now, when you make an argument, he's going, he's now setting it up. It's like you're in a courtroom and you have a, you're going to build a case and you're like, the defendants, the defense is going to argue that this man wants to have sex with that lady and here's how he's going to do it. You know, whatever. But he's trying to make an argument for why this is not such a big deal. Why is it so big? Why can't you just have sex with me? It's not a big deal. So this is a poet trying to get laid. This is how a genius grand poet in the 1600s would try to get laid. Okay, that's it. So notice that some of the language is going to be sexual. <laughs> it sucked me first and now sucks thee. Okay, so we're talking about a flea literally sucking the blood out of them, but there's obviously a little bit of sexual connotation going on there. 
sucking type of um, connotation there. And in this flea, our two bloods mingled be. So now he's talking about mingling of blood. Well, he's again, remember, he's trying to make a case for having sex with me is represented in what this flea just did. That's the case he's going to be building. And so he's basically saying, okay, so the flea has sucked your blood and sucked my blood. That means that our fluids are already intermingling within this flea. Oh, that's not a big deal, right? The thou, you know, know that this cannot be said a sin nor shame nor loss of maidenhood. So this is still true today, despite the feminist movement, but especially in the 1600s, that it would definitely be thought a, um, you know, a woman would be uh, prudish or her, she would lose reputation if she was thought of as loose. Now that doesn't mean that they can't have sex, but that means that they can't be thought of as loose or easy or, you know, whatever that they just give it up to anybody, even someone that they're maybe, mar- you know, going to get married to. So premarital sex is a no, no. And he's saying, you know, that this cannot be said a sin nor shame nor loss of maidenhood. Maidenhead is, you know, virginity. It's, you know, another word for like hymen, you know, so basically pop in your cherry. It's, you know, thou knowest that this cannot be said a sin nor shame nor loss of maidenhood. So the, basically he's saying, look, this, We've already mingled together. Our fluids have mingled. And hey, oh my gosh, you're still a virgin. It's not a big deal. No one cares. It's not a shame. You have nothing to be saying. So he's building a case like, look, it's not a big deal. There's this you know, flea having sex right here. Or this flea has basically represented sex with us. So let's just have sex. Come on. It's not a big deal. right? It's, it's, it's the same as this flea getting the blood from both of us. Yet this enjoys before it woo and pampered swells with one blood made of two. And this, alas, is more than we would do. So, and and one of the things that's in, he's kind of saying here, I think, is yet this enjoys before it woos. So he's actually talking a little bit enviously about this flea. He's like, this flea gets to mess around with you, and I got to do this whole damn poem and try and woo you. Like, what the hell's going on? Look, it's pampered, swelled with. It's this this flea is swelling up with pride, and you can also talk about the swelling of other things as again more of a metaphor. So again, when we're talking about like how the world can be sharpened using poetry and literature, this is one way that it's sharpened using poetry and literature is that you have the, the idea of a flea swelling with the intermingling blood of the man and the woman. And that is a metaphor for the, that is another way of looking at, you know, this, you know, his, uh, you know, him getting hard and, or other ways of his blood pumping. So it's, it's different metaphors, but he's looking out at nature and he's saying, this is the same intermingling that I want to have with you. Oh, stay. So this is, you can think of him in that case, like, oh, stay as, um, he's jumping and he's like, no, 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 don't kill it. Right. He's like, he's, he's jumping in front of it as a bodyguard. Oh, stay three lives in one flea spare. Okay, what the hell does that mean? Three lives and one flea spe- So I can see the blood of her, the blood of him, but what's the third one? So let's think about, so now he's going to, again, he's, he's, this is the second stanza. So he's doing, an action took place. She tried to kill it and he stopped her. And now he's going to build an argument for why he stopped her, which again is toward his overall argument he's trying to make, his case for having sex with her before marriage. Oh, stay, three lives and one flea spare where we almost 
nay, more than married are. So now he's saying that they're more than married within this flyer, or this flea represents that. This flea is you and I, and this our marriage bed and marriage temple is. The hell does that mean? <laughs> so I think what he's talking about here is the flea, because it mingled both of their bloods, is actual, and, and the mingling of the bloods, remember he said earlier, is their sex. Well, that's consummating their marriage, which, you know, in the 1600s and to this day to some degree, is a, you know, marking of the union that you're now one, you're married, and it's a marriage temple. So this flea represents our future marriage. So, so don't kill it, don't squash it. Though parents grudge and you, we're, that's supposed to say we're, I don't know why it's spelled like that, right? Um, though parents grudge and you, we are met. Yeah, it's supposed to be weird. Um, anyway, and we're met and cloistered in these living walls of jet. So we get the idea that, well, maybe the parents don't want her, him uh, or they grudge him of some sort. And she also is kind of a little bit of a cloistered, jet <laughs> you know she's a little bit of a prude though use and use in this sense means i think uh habits like the the habit she's had in dealing with him though use make you apt to kill me now i think he's using that um what's the word I'm, like he's exaggerating that it's hyper i don't think it means literally killing him i do think he means something like though use make you apt to kill me that your habits or you're always angry with me, or you want to, you know, I'm going to kill you. I think he means it, she means it, or the narrator means it in that sense. Let's not to that self-murder added be and sacrilege. Three sins in killing the three. So three sins in killing three. So I think what he's saying is, um, you know, even though you always say you want to kill me, oh, John, I'm going to kill you, John. You know, so even though he's always frustrating her, probably because he's always trying to get laid and have sex with her rather than, you know, woo her and take her out on dates or something though use make you apt to kill me let not that self-murder added be and sacrilege so he's saying don't kill me don't kill yourself and don't kill the sacrilege now here's what i think this is my thought on this is i think he's saying killing me is destroying the blood and the fly in the flea and then killing yourself suicide is also killing the flea because your blood is in there and sacrilege because i believe he in this stanza has made the argument that the flea now represents their their future marriage, which would be a sacrilege to destroy it. Right? It'd be a religious sacrilege to go in and destroy a marriage, de, you know, uh, deigned by God. Okay, last stanza, almost there. Cruel and sudden hast thou since purpled thy nail. Okay, cruel and sudden. So, one one way to look at how to read stuff like this, this is tough. Like, I don't know if I would know this right off the bat without having read a lot of poetry, but this is, he, he, when he's saying mark, oh, stay, he's giving you action verbs. So he's saying mark, in this case, not like mark, like put a mark on, but like mark, like check out this flea, oh, stay, like stop, like don't do that. And say, same thing here, this is not exactly a, um, this is not specifically at the beginning a verb cruel and sudden but i think it has that that tendency because now the next clause is hast thou since purpled thy nail now if that doesn't make sense to you it should if you actually think about it for a second so that's one of those things that at first glance probably doesn't make any sense but if you stop to think about it for a second it does make a lot of sense hast thou since purpled 
well, if you squashed a bug, what color would it become? You know, he's saying purple, thy nail in blood of innocence. And that's another giveaway. So it's actually pretty simple. He's saying, oh, you killed the fucking fly, man, the flea. What'd you do, babe? I can't believe you did it. That's our marriage bed. He's like, ah, how could you be so cruel and sudden? So now he's got himself a little, little bit of a pickle. Because again, remember, this is a sonnet. Sonnets are often about building arguments. So he's got to build an argument. He's got to somehow come back. It's like the defense, um, and, and, you know, or he, the defense defended herself. She, she said, I object. And the, the judge was like, you know, okay. I don't remember all the terms right now. And so then now he's got to figure out, well, how am I going to overcome this? So, all right, here's how he does it. Wherein could this flea guilty be except in that drop which it sucked from me? So the flea is not guilty. All it did was suck one drop from you, right? Okay, well, let's check this out. Yet thou triumphed and say, yet you triumphed and said that you find yourself not weaker from now. So that's a weird way of saying that you are not weaker by having had this flea take a drop from you, correct? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not any weaker. Nothing has, what has changed? Nothing. Okay. Tis true. Then learn how false fears be. Just so much honor when thou yields to me will waste as this flea's death took life from me. That's a brilliant little twi twist. You know, he's like, the prosecution rests. Or the, I, guess, I guess he'd be the defense. The defense rests. And tis, what he's saying is, is true, then learn how false fears be. So what is she afraid of? She's afraid of losing her honor, of being shameful, right? Of being felt that she is uh, too easy to him, to her parents, to the world, like if anybody finds out about this. But even if she was fine, it wouldn't be that big of a di difference. Just so much honor when thou yields to me. When you have sex with me, you'll lose as much honor as strength as you lost strength when this flea got you. We'll waste as this flea death, this flea's death took life from thee. And that's a pretty badass little, you know, uh, uh, argument to have sex because, and it's a very clever one. Now you may think, okay, well, women today wouldn't appreciate that. I agree. But I think, you know, I, one, that's not always true. And I'll just say this, I'll end with this type thing is, yes, many women would not, some would, but the thing that reading the poetry in general does is it gives you a sharper vision and looking at the world and, and how you use language as you're talking to somebody. Maybe you can make an argument where you're, you're saying that sex is not such a big deal, but you're not saying it subtly. You know, we think of that as maybe flirtatiousness or, or being flir flirty instead of, um, you know, over the top and just saying, hey, you want to, my place or yours? Like, how stupid do you have to be? It's much more uh, enjoyable for the woman especially, but I think for you too, if you have any type of intellect, if you're able to make it, spice it up a little bit, make it sound enjoyable, make it enticing, and have fun with that process of making love. Okay, so that's another short poem for people who hate poetry. I hope that it was a little bit enjoyable for you. Stay tuned next time. I'll try and do more of these short little sn snippets rather than like my two to four or five hour thing. So thank you and I'll see you next time.